At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Podcast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sham Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us today, and a pleasure and a privilege to have our special guest for today's entire episode. He is the starting center for this year's squad and has been for the last handful of seasons, Cody Zeller. Cody, thank you so much for the time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Well, Cody, let's start with the biggest story of this entire year, and that has been COVID-19. It has obviously altered a lot about the NBA. What has been the impact on your daily routine in terms of testing and restrictions or limitations on time with teammates and in the gym in general? Yeah, I mean, it's changed everything. It's a very unique season. Obviously, with all the testing, we're tested morning and night. Obviously, with all of the health restrictions as well not just the testing but once we're in the building then you still have to social distance we separate our locker room into two locker rooms we get our meals to go on the court we try to try to stay away from each other as much as possible all the coaches are wearing masks we wear masks anytime other than uh when we're actively playing so they're just the whole list of rules to try to keep us safe but what we're doing is allowing us to play games and We've had a handful of games uh, postponed, but for the most part, the NBA season is happening. And if uh, if nothing else, we're, we're, we've got that much going for us, at least. So much of what you just described is antithetical to everything you would assume about a normal basketball season. Um, I almost don't know what piece of it to, to poke at first, but let's start with staying away from teammates, even on the court. I mean, the locker room itself being divided seems very strange and and difficult to build chemistry, but you guys have restrictions in practice, it sounds like, to who you're close to on the floor. To what extent does that go? Yeah, I mean, I I think that is one of the big hurdles is that we're a younger team, and we obviously have new players with Gordon coming in uh, in free agency, and then obviously, you know, Melo and some of the younger guys coming in. Usually, you know, training camp, even, uh, you know, breakfast, lunch before and after practice, those are kind of the times when you get to know each other off the court, you get to know each other a little bit better and kind of build a, a team chemistry and, and even just joke around having a good time in the locker room afterwards. So they've kind of taken away all of that. So it's it's been such a unique year. I think it's definitely taken longer. The first handful of weeks, I, don't, I didn't feel like I hardly knew the guys I was on the court with uh, just because we... We see each other on the court, but that's about it's about the only interaction that we can have. But on the court, on the court specifically, they have us wear uh, contract tracers in our in our shorts, and if we're around each other for more than fifteen minutes, 
someone tests positive, then we have to, whoever's within six feet of him for more than 15 minutes, will have to miss seven days as well. So throughout practice, they try to keep us keep us away from each other as much as possible. Try to have too big of, of groups in one area. Try to watch film together, stuff like that. So they've tried to think of everything. Now, can they monitor those in practice and say, okay, Cody, you've spent 13 and a half minutes near Biz, so you two are no longer allowed to practice near each other? I think it's uploaded every night, so they don't have like a live a live count, but uh, it's uploaded every night, so they know at the end of every day. And then speaking of night, the timing of these tests is all over the spectrum. Uh, just full disclosure for fans out there, we're recording this interview at 8 a.m. Would you normally be at the office you're, you're there getting tested right now would you normally be at the office for anything at 8 a.m and also how late in the evening do you go back for testing yeah we um you're, you're exactly right it's kind of all over the all over the map during a normal ideally we would practice at 10 30 or 11 uh, on a practice day and i might come in two hours before but even then, it would be you know nine or nine thirty. Come in and get treatment, lift weights, and then be on the court for practice. This is unique, uh, you know. And then throughout the year, we any time that we enter the building in the morning, at least, we have to come in, we test, we do the rapid test, and then we go. Sometimes we get breakfast uh, in the to-go box, and then we go sit in our cars for thirty minutes while they wait for the results. So once they get the results back, we're clear that we're negative, then we can enter the building. So that's in the morning. And then game days, we also do a, a longer result test. Once again, it has to be done before 9 a.m. And that result comes back before tip-off at 7 p.m. And in the evening, if it's not a game night, we test between 5 and 7 p.m. So we have to drive back to the arena, even if practice gets over it two or three o'clock we go home for a couple hours and then have to come right back we had a couple unique situations the the one game we played a a week or two ago at um i think it was at one o'clock tip off we had to test at 11 p.m so that result would come back close to tip off so it's been all over the mass so sometimes 8 a.m sometimes 11 p.m what is the toll of that on you i mean at this point you seem to have a good attitude about it as if this is the, the price you have to pay to be able to play, and that's the priority, of course. But how annoying is all of the testing, even if you believe in the benefits of it in terms of keeping you safe and the goal of playing being worthwhile, it has to be a nuisance at times. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a nuisance. It's, it's, uh, we've kind of all gotten used to it, and we're making the most of it. It's, it's uh, the best case scenario that we can come up with, but but I, I would be lying if I'm not. It's not a little bit of a nuisance. I think just taking away 30 minutes of sleep in the morning and, uh, and then the evening, it's just kind of right in the middle of the evening. So I'm lucky that I live 10 minutes from the arena, so it's a pretty quick trip for me. But some of the guys, especially on the staff, have to drive you know 30 minutes and have kids and they're trying to put them down for bed and do bath time and everything else. And they have to drive, you know, have an hour in, in, the, in the car to go test. So it's not quite ideal, but we're making the most of it. What is your waiting for results in the car routine? How do you keep yourself occupied those 30 minutes? Uh, like I said, usually they hand us a, a breakfast, uh, kind of a to-go meal. So sometimes I'll eat breakfast here in the car. 
honestly, it's been it's, it's been a lot of interviews, catch up on texts, listen to a podcast or something, put some music on. I try to make it a productive 30 minutes. I try to make the most of it. Hornets Hivecast is there for you daily. So if you need something to, to put in the routine. <laughs> I love it. Hornets fans, be sure to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. The Hornets app is your access to all new features and exclusive content, including the new game day experience for every game this season. Cody Zeller, our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. We've been talking about COVID-19 protocols and the testing, but hopefully one day soon that will be behind us. Let's talk more about you as a person and as a player, you you go to the University of Indiana, uh, you come in as Mr. Basketball for the state. It's a big deal in any state to win that, but Hoosier basketball has a, a little something special to winning that award. At what point in your time growing up did, did that become a goal, or was, was that even a goal for you in high school? Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a goal. It's a big deal in Indiana. I know other states give out the Mr. Basketball, but Indiana it's definitely one of the one of the top awards and it, it was very unique for me because two older brothers Tyler's three years older Luke is six years older and so I was the, the baby of the family and it was it was it was fun for me because I got to see my my older brothers go through that process of you know becoming a good high school player and getting recruited by colleges and everything else but a part of that was that I had seen both of my brothers win Mr. Basketball before me so there was quite a bit of pressure on me to win Mr. Basketball as well and uh, there was even a little hometown uh, Washington, Indiana is a town of 12,000 small town obviously loves their basketball and after Luke and Tyler won Mr. Basketball uh, they got put on the, the welcome to Washington sign as you drive into town so there's four entrances in the town, and it says, Welcome to Washington, real big. It says the, the mayor's name, and then it says, Home of 2005, Mr. Basketball Luke Zeller, 2008, Mr. Basketball Tyler Zeller. And then there was a spot below that it could have been me. And I drove by that sign every day on the way to school because we lived just outside of town. So there was definitely some pressure on me to win, win Mr. Basketball, but. But yeah, it all ended up working out. So I won it in 2011, and uh, obviously very, very proud of that accomplishment. Well, I'll say there's some pressure if they left space on the billboard to uh, to welcome you into school every day. No, no pressure, Cody. But that's exactly it. Your face not only could be here, but if it doesn't go here, we still have to redo the sign. That's exactly it. <laughs> obviously, there is a teammate of yours that has two older brothers that had uh, maybe a, a little bit of pressure applied to them in basketball, not unwanted pressure because his love of the game seems to mirror yours, but your teammate LaMelo Ball, two older brothers, and expectations at a very young age were put at a very high level. Have you two bonded over that or talked about that? Uh, a little bit. He's, he's definitely a confident kid, so he doesn't need my help in having confidence. But it is kind of it is kind of fun, you know, having other other guys that have siblings in the league, and you know, even even Jalen McDaniels, who saw his his brother get drafted, and the Martin twins, obviously. So it's it's really unique to have so many guys on one team that have you know siblings that are athletes as well. The other step to it is you are the youngest siblings. What advantage is there, if any, 
to being the youngest to always playing against your older brothers who are by nature more developed for, than you from a younger age? And do you think the reason maybe that you or LaMelo could end up in, in the grand scheme of things having the best careers of your families have something to do with the genetics of third children or is it is it nature or nurture you know the nature of being the third child or the nurturing aspect of always playing against older people yeah i think you're exactly right i've benefited huge from having two older brothers uh, on the court and off the court just being able to where all three of us are really close so i've seen them go off to college enter the nba get married anything else that they go through in life i feel like I could pick up the phone and, and call either one of them and I could get some advice on how to handle a situation. So yeah, it's, it's really unique to have that. And I think on the court, my, my dad used to always say the youngest boy better be the best player or he wasn't watching his older brothers. So once again, a little bit of pressure on, on, uh, on us young kids, but, but I think it's definitely, uh, goes back to, you know, getting my butt kicked when I was growing up just because they were bigger, faster, stronger than me. And, even now, my brothers watch the game and they say, I, I recognize some of those little brother tricks that you have. You know, some of the little things that I do on the court that, you know, I might not be the, the biggest, fastest, strongest guy, but, you know, I got a couple tricks that, uh, you know, kind of get out of their skin and uh, do a couple things like that that kind of even the playing field a little bit. Give, give me a little brother trick. I think, like Luke, Luke used to always comment that I'm just kind of like a thorn in their side. Like it just kind of annoy them. So I've had a couple guys that, uh, you know, get, you know, lose their cool. And it's it's nothing dirty that I'm doing. It's just I play hard. I'm kind of, you know, always always hitting them, always kind of play with a lot of energy. And a lot of guys just don't like that. So so Luke has, has recognized some of the frustration of, of guys on the court because he's like, I, I, I know that feeling. I just You just kind of get tired of playing against Cody after a while. We've seen you go toe-to-toe with some of the best centers in the NBA this year and in previous years, and your willingness to put your body on the line stands out, whether it's taking a charge or uh, I think we're putting together still the get-well-soon card for Joel Embiid's elbows because they were clearly fouled by your face frequently (laughs) in the head-to-head matchups. What is it about you that allows you to take that kind of punishment does it go back to being a little brother and getting beat up maybe a little bit more uh by your older siblings and having that threshold for pain or is it something about the way all of you played growing up yeah i think it probably does go back to that that i'll get knocked down and get right back up and like i said i might not be the you know a lot of times i'm i'm down 40 pounds 50 pounds on the court i don't have a crazy wingspan i'm not crazy athletic i have a lot of god-given abilities but a lot of it i have to make up for with just how hard i play and like you said kind of put my body on the line and i've had a lot of injuries because of that but but when i'm healthy it's uh it's all good and yeah i don't know i i, I take a lot of a lot of shots to the face i don't know i uh, people are like you're you're known as the guy that gets hit in the face a lot it's like well i, I guess i gotta be known for something i, I wish it wasn't that but uh, but anyway, it's, uh, it could be a lot worse, so it's, uh, it's definitely worth it. Is there a nickname behind uh, the punishment you take or, or anything like that? My brothers used to call me C-Man, and it wasn't because my name starts with a C. It's because my nose is so crooked. They would call me C-Man. So anyway, I've, I've, I've had a few nicknames due to my injuries. 
And at this point, is it getting more crooked with the punishment, or is it getting straightened out again? <laughs> it just depends. I, I feel like I need to I need to have it hit specifically like on one side to kind of straighten it out at this point. So uh, I don't know if I can organize that somehow. <laughs> Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. Cody Zeller, our guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Cody, we talked about your connection with LaMelo Ball, with both of you being third siblings out of three brothers. You also have a connection to Gordon Hayward. Both of you are Hoosiers from the state of Indiana. And in the recruitment process or in the um, engagement process for Gordon, in terms of figuring out where he wanted to play, he's mentioned talking to you about Charlotte. When did that connection start? um, And when did the, the prospect of playing with each other become something that you guys even thought of? Yeah, he played, I can't remember if he's a year younger or older than, than Tyler, my middle brother, but they I've known him since he was in high school, and obviously with the, the Indiana connection, and he obviously went to Butler, and Butler was in my top three schools when I was trying to decide where to go, and so we just crossed paths a handful of times, and like you said, when uh, he was trying to make his free agency decision, he reached out and asked me a lot of questions about Charlotte, about the organization, and uh, I, I feel like I gave him a, an unfiltered perspective. I don't want to talk up Charlotte too, too much that if he came when he came, that he didn't have really realistic expectations. But whatever I said must have clicked for him because he's obviously here and he's been great. And it's it's just fun to have another veteran guy, Indiana guy, uh, someone I've uh, connected with before in the locker room. And yeah, he's been great for us on and off the court. What were your top selling points, both for the organization and for the city itself? What what stands out to you making this franchise special and this location and the people here special? Yeah, I think it's it's not as uh, as big of a market as New York, L.A., Miami, some of those, but it's it's much more of a, a, a smaller city. It's a family friendly. The people are great. Easy weather. Uh, easy traffic. Some guys like that, some guys don't. But yeah, so I, I told him uh, straightforward, what do, you, what do you get with Charlotte? And uh, like I said, it, it must have clicked for us. He's, he's a family man, he's uh, you know, a small town guy. So, so yeah, it, it worked out really well and um, we're glad to have him. It's your eighth season with the franchise. Does this feel like home more than Indiana? Is this, is this your potential forever home? Or is it, you know, I know a lot of players, especially, you know, early in their careers, sometimes they're hesitant to really set down roots anywhere, knowing that the nature of the job is you could be sent somewhere else to do it. But having been here now in your eighth season, how does it feel in that respect? Yeah, I love Charlotte. It's crazy. I've been here eight years now, but yeah, I bought a house about three years ago. And yeah, I know my way around. It's fun to have people that I've connected with and yeah, friends here and it's always fun to go back home and uh, see friends and family but after a week or two I'm like I'm, I'm ready to go back to Charlotte so, so yeah that's always a, a good sign of the you know like I said the weather's weather's a little bit nicer than back in Indiana there's plenty to do so yeah it's a great city it's it's fun it's kind of unique to see how many guys 
live here in Charlotte even after their careers are over. So you've seen uh, Gerald Henderson, Marvin Williams, uh, Brian Roberts, even some guys that haven't played here uh, have settled down in Charlotte. It's just a, a comfortable city, so uh, I could definitely see myself staying here long term. It's interesting how in some sports there are some cities that seem to draw in veterans after their careers over. From my time in, in baseball, there were a ton of people who, if they ever played in Seattle, they ended up in Seattle. And the more I talk to people, it sounds like Charlotte is one of those places in the NBA. Yeah, I think it's. I think you're exactly right. It's. Uh, I don't know what it is about Charlotte, and it might be some guys when they're when they're young and early on in their career, maybe they do you know New York or Miami or you know the big big city. But once they start having families and settle down a little bit, Charlotte's uh, kind of a good mix between the two. Mentioned you've been here for eight seasons now. The only player left from your rookie season is Bismarck Biombo, and he left once and came back. What does it say about the nature and the fluidity of rosters in the NBA that in double a college term for you know a four-year player, the entire roster and the entire coaching staff has been turned over? I would be really interested to know how many teammates I've played with in eight years because it has had so much turnover, and yeah, real quickly I became the old guy in the locker room, so... But yeah, it's, it's still fun to, to kind of see guys come through Charlotte and, like I said, even staff members, training staff, coaching staff, everyone else. So, yeah, somehow I've, I've been the one that stayed on throughout, so I'll, I'll be here as long as they have me. In your time with the Hornets, even going back to when you were drafted, was the Bobcats, you have been a part of two playoff teams. Last one was 2016. Even though it's been a while, I'm sure you know what that feels like maybe there's a feeling early in the season that there's a, a special group or chemistry or level of play. Do you feel any comparisons in this year's team to your rookie season or that last squad, the 2016 one that made the playoffs? Yeah, I think it's, I think they're such different rosters that uh, it's, it's kind of tough to compare the two, but obviously, uh, you know, everyone has high expectations going into the, into the season. All thirty teams think that they're going to be a playoff team and think that you know have a chance at the championship, whatever it is. But I think you get a little more realistic picture of how things are going, even twenty or thirty games into the season. So we're happy with where we're at, and um, you know we have a lot of different weapons that can have big nights. Uh, obviously, Gordon helps a lot. Melo has been even better than expected. Terry's had some big nights. We know that Devontae is capable of and. Yeah, so it makes us for a, for a deep team. And all those names you mentioned, and yourself included, I don't think you've all been on the floor at the same time for a single game yet this season. Is the best still yet to come? Yeah, you're exactly right. I was uh, miss the first month. Devontae's missed a handful of games. PJ was out for a little while. And then we've, we've had all the, the COVID drama as well. So we're excited to get everyone back on the court and have a complete team at some point. We started on COVID. I want to end on COVID with all the restrictions, all of the disruptions to the things you would normally do to build chemistry. That's certainly on the negative side, but it, it has affected everyone across the NBA. In your opinion, does everything you're all going through together with COVID-19 and the restrictions and the protocols make it more likely or less likely you're able to come together together? and make the postseason, in your opinion? Yeah, I think that all 30 teams are dealing with the same protocols and restrictions, so I think it's kind of a level playing field from that angle. 
but I think the guys have, have gotten used to kind of the protocols and what they're asking of us. And, uh, you know, obviously throughout the season, you're going to have, you know, a, a couple positive cases here or there, a couple games postponed. But, yeah, all the guys have handled it pretty well so far. So I don't think it should hamper our, our chances to play off at all. Cody, we greatly appreciate your time. Hopefully it's been well spent for you, helping you pass it while waiting for your test results. And then what time do you have to come in tonight to get tested? Uh, it'll be between 5 and 7 again tonight. So, so you know, it's a, a little, uh, little bit of a headache, but uh, we're, we've all kind of gotten used to it. Well, get a podcast ready or, or something like that, but we appreciate the sacrifice and time. I know certainly there's a lot of people who've made bigger. We're, we're all aware of that in the times we live in, but uh, it's not nothing what you guys are doing to give us all of our entertainment and our joy of being a part of the NBA and watching NBA basketball. So thank you and your teammates for all you're doing, and thank you for joining us today here on the Hornets Hivecast. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. This is fun. And our thanks to all of you as well. Tune in tomorrow when we hope to be back to game previews for a change. We'll also hope to have a behind-the-scenes look at a feature story on Hornets rookie LaMelo Ball. I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us today. Until next time, in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask.